Welcome to New Song Radio. Over the past three weeks, we've learned what insecurity is and have seen some of its symptoms. We understand that God wants us to be free from its influence, but we may not know why. Today, Pastor Fakayo Oluayuni discusses why God is invested in freeing us from insecurity. Now, let's talk about why God cares about our insecurity. Why should God care? Because insecurity seems like such a human problem. It seems like such a petty thing. Why will God care about our insecurity? Let's look at the Word of God. 1 Samuel chapter 22. We will read from verse 6 to 19. 1 Samuel 22 from verse 6 to 19. And we will start talking about God's answer to insecurity. But we want to, I want us to start here. Why should God even bother answering our insecurity? Why should God even dignify our insecurity with an answer? Because insecurity just seems like such a petty thing. Sometimes you see some, someone acting out in their insecurity and you just want to be far away from that. You just want to leave them and them do their manifestation. When they're done with the manifestation of the sons of God, then you can come back and we can have a decent conversation. But God is so interested in our insecurities and in curing us from our insecurities and we need to know why. Okay, let's read the word of God. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 22 from verse 6. And this, this is a story that is that is far, far more worthy of the big screen than anything that Marvel Universe has cooked up. I mean, it's, you just see so much action in the life of David. You're just like, wow. Let's read what it says. It says, When Saul heard that David and the men who were with him had been discovered, now Saul was staying in Gibeah under a tamarisk tree in Ramah. This is the king, by the way. He was staying under a tree. What is he doing there? He's chasing after David. How restless can you get? With a spear in his hand yet again and all his servants standing about him then Saul said to his servants who stood about him here now you Benjamites will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds all of you have conspired against me and there is no one who reveals to me that my son has made a covenant with the son of Jesse. And there is not one of you who is sorry for me or reveals to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as it is this day. Who has conspired against him? No one. He's just hyper, hyper suspicious. Let's move on. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, who was set over the servants of Saul and said, I saw the son of Jesse going to Nob, to Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub. And he inquired of the Lord for him. Ahimelech was the high priest. Gave him provisions and gave him the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. So the king sent to call Ahimelech, the, the priest, the son of Ahitub, and all his father's house, the priests who were in Nob, and they all came to the king. And Saul said, Here now, son of Ahitub, he answered, Here I am, my lord. Then Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse? 
in that you have given him bread and a sword, and have inquired of God for him, that he should rise against me to lie in wait as it is this day. So Ahimelech answered the king and said, And who among all your servants is as faithful as David? Who is the king's son-in-law? Who goes at your bidding and is honorable in your house? Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Far be it from me. Let not the king impute anything to his servant or to any in the house of my father. For your servant knew nothing of all this, little or much. And the king said, You shall surely die, Ahimelech, you and all your father's house. Then the king said to the guards who stood about him, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord. Because their hand also was with David, and because they knew when he fled and did not tell it to me. But the servants of the king would not lift their hands to strike the priests of the Lord. And the king said to Doeg, You turn and kill the priests. So Doeg the Edomite turned and struck the priests and killed on that day 85 men who wore a linen effort. Also, Nob, the city of the priests, he struck with the edge of the sword both men and women, children and nursing infants, oxen and donkeys, and sheep with the edge of the sword. Now listen, is insecurity serious or not? It's a serious matter. And why does God care about our insecurity? Why should he care? Number one, he cares about insecurity because it leads to idolatry or it becomes idolatry. In 1 Samuel 15, God said to Saul, go and fight against the enemies of the Lord until you've destroyed them all. Kill everyone. Kill men, women, children. Destroy all their oxen. Destroy all their cattle. Everything. He went. He killed some. He brought back the king. And he brought back goods because the people told him to. Okay? And he was insecure. He wanted to gloat, so he brought back the king. Now, when you come to 1 Samuel 22, he obeyed the voice of his insecurity, and the thing that God said he should do to God's enemies, he did to the priests of God. He killed the priests, he killed their household, he killed he didn't leave anyone alive. He killed, he destroyed their cattle, he destroyed all their goods. Why was that good for him and not the other thing that God commanded him to do? Why? Because his insecurity had become his God. His insecurity was commanding him and he was obeying his insecurity. Do you not see what it says there? It says in verse 19 of chapter 22, it says that he struck the city of the priests he struck with the edge of the sword, both men and women, children, nursing infants, oxen and donkeys and sheep with the edge of the sword. He destroyed everything utterly. Can you believe this guy? And God said to him, go and do that to the enemies of your people. So God cares about our insecurity because it becomes our God. And God does not want that. And God doesn't want that not because God is insecure, but because it is bad for you to worship any other thing or to serve any other thing than God because everything else that you are likely to serve is something that you are greater than. It annoys and angers God when he sees you in all your dignity bowing down to something that you are supposed to be greater than. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I communicating here? When you see 
a, a person that is created in God's image, that is created in God's likeness, that has the dignity and the, the majesty that God has put on him, bowing down to something that he himself made. Does it even make any sense? And God is saying to God is, God is saying to man, look, you are higher than the thing that you're worshipping. In any case, let's not go into idolatry right now. But this is one reason why it concerns God. And he is concerned with healing us of our insecurity because our insecurities become our God. I've shared this story before. Several years ago, it's become several years ago now, one of the things that God put me through to deliver me from insecurity was a situation. When I first came to the United States to study, I, I came to Oklahoma for two years and I transferred to, to DC to keep going to school. And I came there and I began to school there and um, I got an advisor who advised me poorly, unfortunately. And I took all these courses that did not count towards graduation. So I wasted a bunch of time and a bunch of money. And when it was time to graduate, I was not going to graduate. And I'm like, this is my fourth year. Okay, fine, no problem. What are the courses I have to do? Let me do them hastily and graduate. They gave me a list of courses. I began to work on them. Summer school and all. It took me another three years to graduate, by which time I was completely exhausted. Meanwhile, my immediate younger brother graduated. Okay, that's that comparison stuff. My third brother after him graduated. My immediate younger brother graduated from his master's degree, okay? Now, here I was, trying to struggling and battling with my first degree when all my brothers were making this progress, and I'm the firstborn. And in my culture, that is, uh, that is as bad as it gets, you know? <laughs> You're the firstborn, and your siblings are graduating ahead of you. I mean, come on. You already, you've already become a loser in life. That's it. You're done. And I really struggled. I didn't even know I had insecurities until that point. I, I thought, you know, I was just perfect. I was God's gift to humanity. Just completely perfect, no insecurities, I was fine. But then I began to see my, my insecurities were consuming me. It was all I could think about. Every time I came to church and someone began to preach and began to say, you will make it in life, immediately they say that my mood is already ruined. I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you trying to say I didn't make it in life? I'm going to make it in life. But they don't even know I exist. They're just teaching the word of God. Whenever I come to church and they begin to talk about how um, God exalted Jacob over Esau, that's it, my mood is ruined. <laughs> Just done. I'm done. <laughs> don't, even, don't even say anything further. What are you trying to say? Oh, you know, uh, the sons of Jacob and Judah prevailed. He was the third born, even though Reuben was the first. I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't sleep with my father's concubine. <laughs> my insecurities were killing me. And look, Look, every prayer point was about this problem I had. Even when they said, let's go ahead and worship God. Okay, let's worship God. I worship God for like one minute and immediately I've switched into praying, Lord, you've got to solve my problem. Why? Because that was all I saw was my insecurity. It becomes your God. As God is concerned about that because nothing is supposed to rule over you. You're supposed to rule over everything. What if God says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. You're supposed to subdue all things. Nothing's supposed to subdue you. So when something else is subduing you, God becomes really concerned and involved. 
Okay, why else is God concerned about our insecurities? Because it delays, sometimes it can even hinder God's best for you. God has a good plan for you. God has, the word of God says, I know the thoughts, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, that I think towards you thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope or to give you an expected end. God has great plans for you. But when you are acting in your insecurity, it can delay, it can disrupt, it can completely hinder God's plan for your life. And that's what happened to Saul. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 13 to 14, Samuel said to Saul, Saul, God had planned that your kingdom will continue. But because you have done this thing, God says it will no longer be. Your kingdom has ended. That God's plan for Saul, initial plan for Saul, was that his kingdom will continue and his kingdom will prosper. But now God is saying, because you've done this, you have interrupted that plan. You've completely hindered it, in fact. says so God says, you know, it shall not continue anymore. In 1 Samuel 15, 23, Samuel said to Saul when he ripped his robe, God has torn the kingdom away from you. Because you've rejected the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he's rejected you from being king over his people. So when you act in your insecurity, it can hinder you from God's plan for your life, God's best for you. And I'll tell you another story, another personal story. You know, when, you, when we look at this in the Word of God, it might seem so far-fetched and so spiritual and so far away. But let me bring it home for you so you can understand. 2004, I'd been in a relationship with this lady. There was a lady I'd been in a relationship with for seven years at that time. And I was planning to marry her. That was my plan. You know, all my plans revolved around this lady. And... Um, all my, my future plans and my aspirations revolved around her and us getting married. And so, in 2004, I, the relationship crashed. I mean, and it crashed in the most horrific kind of way you can imagine, except that no one died. Thank God. <laughs> no one died. I mean, I went to school one morning, I opened my email, and I got two emails from this lady. The first one was an email breaking up with me, okay? She broke up with me by email. That's right. <laughs> The second one was an email explaining the first. Okay, so the first one says, I break up with you, the end, red card. Now, the second one was more a longer one and it was explaining the first. I was totally depressed. I mean, as soon as I saw that, I just shut my computer down and I went back home. That semester was awful for me. Now, for someone who's trying to get to med school, that's not an option, but I was, I was ruined. I mean, <laughs> first of all, she broke up with me by email. That's just crazy, okay? <laughs> and everything and and then the the explanation was even worse so i wish she just broke up with me and that was it but the explanation of the breakup was just like are you kidding me right now when it involved infidelity and everything so i i, I went you know on this whole thing you know i was i was really heartbroken i was seriously injured I could not express to you how injured I was. I mean, I'd invested so much in this relationship, I was just totally torn apart. But then God began to work on me, and I thank God for that. By 2006, I met my wife. My wife is God's best for me. Yes, that's right. She's back there. You can, you can, you can hoot if you want. And I would say this even if she weren't back there. And, and when, I, when I met her, and I've told her this before, I realized what a loser I would have been. I would have really lost out. I'm not saying a loser as in 
pop culture loser. I mean, actually, a loser. I would have lost out. I would have lost out on God's best man. To come back to my story, if I remain injured and insecure from that previous breakup, because insecurity was one of the things that began to surface after that breakup. Why did she do that to me? Okay, Women cannot be trusted and so on and so forth. Now, by the time I met my wife in 2002, just two years, barely two years, I was so completely healed. I don't even know how and when God did it. I was so completely healed. I had absolutely no suspicion. You know this hyper suspicion that you have when you've had that experience before because you now become insecure. Like, who's, who's calling me your phone? Who, who texted you just then? Let me see your phone. Give me your password. None of that. I was, I was concerned about myself. I was like, am I, am I mentally okay? But I was mentally okay. What happened was that God had brooded over me, the Spirit of God had brooded over me and healed me of my insecurity so that I could receive God's best for me. It leaves many victims in its wake. And that's the last thing we're going to talk about today. It destroys many lives, including patient zero. Okay? The person who has the insecurity, insecurity turns the person inside out and ruins that life. But beyond that, insecurity goes on and it destroys the lives of other people that are associated with you in some way or the other. Do you know how many lives were destroyed by Saul's insecurity? Apart from his life and the lives of all his sons, because they all perished on the same day. Him, he perished by his own sword, he, he committed suicide, and his sons died because of his insecurity. But you see that many other lives were destroyed. Now, the entire city of the priests was destroyed. Every man, every woman, every child. Do you know how many destinies were destroyed in one day because of the insecurity of Saul? Insecurity leaves many victims in its wake, many destroyed lives in its wake, many destroyed destinies in its wake. That's why God is concerned about our insecurities. That's why God cares about our insecurities and wants to heal us of our insecurities because if he doesn't, if we allow our insecurities to have, to have the better of us, it will ruin everything we touch. And that's, that makes a big mess for the kingdom of God. Imagine a pastor who's insecure with a spear in his hand every Sunday and many lives will be destroyed. Imagine a parent who's insecure or who has insecurity or, a, or some guardian who has insecurity. Imagine the things that, that will come out of his or her mouth to his, his or her children. Imagine the damaging things that will come out of Sometimes you really investigate the root of it all is insecurity. And so God is concerned and he cares about healing our insecurity because one, it becomes our God. Because two, it can delay or it can hinder God's best for us. And because three, insecurity leaves many victims in its wake. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we commit everything we've heard into your hands. Spirit of living God, I ask that you go to work in us and that you constantly remind us of the danger of insecurity and of the freedom that it is in you. Um, I ask Heavenly Father that everyone who is holding on to their insecurity and determined to hold on to their insecurities, that you will by your spirit convict them and that by the end of the study we will be free from our insecurities and we will be free indeed because your word says, he who the Son makes free is free indeed. Thank you for hearing and for answering us. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.